0: Welcome back to the 4th Word Podcast. Today we are going to finish out our series, in the Sermon on the Mount. As a reminder, the format is that I will be reading a sonnet I wrote as part of my children's compilation, and then expound on the poem and discuss. The twelfth and final sonnet in this series is represented by the gem, Pearl. It covers Matthew 7.6, which is Pearls Before Swine. To those who know not life, our death is vain. Moonshine muscled into our very souls. But they can't see truth of what they disdain, these pearls and mud in which the pigs wallow. Ungulates can't know supernatural, nor can minds fathom the depths of the sea, unless God overcomes the rational, changing dumb asses to talking donkeys. To all those who have wisdom, let them hear. Before us there stands a pearl of great price. Two choices lay ahead. The first is fear. Second, sell all you have for paradise. Kingdoms of earth and gates of hell will fail, while pearly gates of conquered will prevail. So, first stanza For those who don't know true life, which is Jesus, then are our, our deaths, which could be literal deaths. I mean, there are there are martyrs and things, but um, more applicable to us would be our, our death to self, our daily taking up of our, our cross. Uh, such a such a thing, such a life lived in that manner, uh, such self sacrifices. Really, it's vanity. It's not really living. Even though in the last poem we looked at, the jade poem, right? We talked about mortality, infinitude, and and how really life is sapped of uh hope and meaning uh, apart from the eternal apart from christ but nevertheless the world does not understand that uh whether it's because they're disillusioned uh under a curse of illusion self-deception whatever it is uh there's some issues that need to be dealt with there but this this craziness our our craziness right? i am rem- reminded of um uh, Pentecost when they started like speaking in tongues, and people were like man they're drunk they're crazy like and it's only it's only the morning and and they're already drunk and uh this this life that Jesus brings up within us, this well of living water um it's an insanity that's muscled into our very souls right it becomes muscled there it's moonshine moonshine is uh it can be a couple things so moonshine can mean craziness. Like it, that. Oh, that's moonshine. That's crazy, but it can also be, of course, an alcoholic, a very, very potent alcoholic beverage, uh, homemade beverage in the United States, um, and so that's where we kind of get the, you know, the moonshine, the drunkenness. Like you guys are crazy. Like the the apostles and acts, um, and also like literal, literal craziness, or far-fetched thinking. Uh, and here, right, pearl is um, is created in uh, in creatures like like clams and stuff, oysters. I mean, um, so muscles right, I refer to it's muscled into our souls, and that's kind of a, a an allusion to you know those creatures in which pearls form. So, um, the world can't understand that craziness. They they really think it's craziness. And it is pearls before swine, as they say. It's a truth that, that many just cannot deal with uh, where they're at. And we pray that God would change their hearts and that one day those, those pearls would, um, you know, either the swine would be changed into uh, a, a cultured human who can appreciate pearls or those pearls would be turned into nourishing food for the pigs which I really appreciated uh, I referenced Dallas Willard's book before um, The Divine Conspiracy and and he really gives a, I think a very interesting perspective on, on the pearls before swine and how we usually he says that a lot of times the way that we interpret the pearls before swine actually undercuts what Jesus says because in Jesus talks all about uh, the, it rains on the just and the unjust, and uh, all of all of what he talks about in Matthew five through seven is about not judging and just not um, not considering anybody unworthy. And so, to to make the pearls before swine thing is like, nah, just count those people lost and and don't even bother giving stuff to them because that would just be pearls before swine. It's like. No, those people are unworthy. You kind of you take a look at them and you say, "Nah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share the gospel with them because they're they're not gonna they're unworthy. They're swine. I'm not gonna throw the pearl of the gospel before them." And Willard said that kind of undermines everything Jesus teaches in Matthew five through seven. So what Willard says is um, it's more about the the wisdom of how we present, and it reminds me more of. Paul, when he talks to, I think it's the Hebrews, he talks about how uh, you know, I wish I could give you solid food, but I'm still stuck giving you milk. He's like, you guys need to to mature here. And I think it's sort of the same thing, like, don't give these valuable pearls, and like, don't go straight deep into like, all the craziness and, and stuff, like you need to meet people where they're at. And you don't feed pigs pearls, you feed pigs the simple stuff. So start there. And you kind of even see that with Jesus with his disciples. He teaches a particular way on one level, but then with his disciples, I mean, he really gets to go deeper with them. Um, so anyway, there are two ways of looking at that. So in the the second stanza, I talk about ungulates, or hoofed animals, uh, or beasts, can't know the supernatural, right? Um, they They just aren't in tune with that. Um, And it's not pejorative here. I'm not saying that unbelievers are beasts uh, in in the sense that they're like unworthy, uh, uncultured beasts. But it's more like Nebuchadnezzar, right? Apart from acknowledging God uh, and left to our own devices, we are we are not going to exhibit our our best selves right because um, we were made to be in communion with god and uh, it's just antithetical to our nature to be separated from him and in our minds and our souls god is able to change us from uh from beasts from people who act like beasts um, from people who have the rational. Uh, understanding of beasts and and the limited perception and the primal nature and and no more than that, he is able to change us into perceptive creatures, right? Uh, so think of uh, I, I say, dumbasses to donkeys. Think of Balaam's donkey, right? That's that's immediately the thing that should be conjured up in your mind. The idea is that a God could turn a dumb an untalking donkey into a talking, perceptive creature. If he can do that with a donkey, surely he can do it with most of us. So, uh, moving on, the the Pearl of Great Price is a gospel parable where a man man found a priceless pearl and sold everything to purchase it. And the the wise recognize the true value of the priceless pearl, and they, they seek to obtain it they don't count the cost because yeah okay if if they have to go buy the field or or whatever they have to buy um that's not really a cost when you know what you're getting and and so that's what we see with uh when we truly understand the gospel when our minds have been opened up then there's no question we we choose the kingdom it's it's the pearl so finishing finishing it yeah, out here um you know, the the kingdom of heaven is on the offensive and jesus is conquering nations as the new testament tells us and we're battering down the gates of hell and that's what i i love uh, michael heiser's discussion of the gates of hell i always hear the gate uh, the gates of hell as a defensive thing right like um you know the gates of hell will not prevail against the church like the gates of hell are attacking the church and heiser's like that's just ridiculous gates are a defensive structure not an offensive one and and to think that the church is on the defensive completely misses the the story arc of jesus christ in the new testament right jesus came bringing advancing the kingdom he came on the offensive he started casting out demons he took back territory um, and then he gave us the power to go do the same, and Ephesians says he's making the nations his footstool. We have every spiritual gift in the heavenly realms. I mean, it's um, it's an advancement of the kingdom. We're ambassadors going out on the offensive. So the, the kingdom of heaven is advancing, and the defensive gates of hell will not be able to prevail against the pearly gates of heaven. I guess they just made... Heaven's gates into uh, an offensive weapon, but hey, God can do anything. But the pearly gates of heaven represent the gates of those who are conquered, and that alludes back to Revelation, right? Um, The Lamb who was slain, right, is the is the one who conquers, and conquering in Revelation is self-sacrifice. Conquering looks like defeat. And so uh, the pearly gates are represented by we the church who advance Christ's kingdom in Christ's manner, which is by the laying down of our lives, by this, this thing that back in stanza one we said the world understood as foolishness. Like, you know, what's up with all this self-sacrifice? That's, that's a pretty stupid way to live. That, that's nothing. That's not legitimate. And here we say, yeah, that's how we, that's how we conquer, how our master conquered and um, that's our power. and we trust that uh, he will use that foolishness. And I guess that is a fitting way to end the Sermon on the Mount series, which is to um, I mean definitely follow up and, and read Willard's book or uh, do a lot of other research because I can just read back over the Sermon on the Mount over and over and over and over again. And it's it's so compelling, and it's it's the thing that's compelled lots of people, lots of of the greatest Christians who've uh, who've lived have been just overwhelmed by Matthew five through seven. And this is is a great way to to end that in saying, you know, as you read over it and as you think about applying it, um, we go out seemingly foolish. And, but reveling in that foolishness, reveling in that slain lamb, knowing that we can trust that our self-sacrifice is not in vain, but is uh, like Christ, the first firstfruits of, of our resurrection and of our hope. So go out with that hope today and conquer the world. That's all for now. So peace because I'm a pacifist and I say it.